This is the first Sunday in February, and so we do our Vision Sunday. This is where we cast and, and share the vision of what we're going to plan on doing in 2020, explain it to you, and so you can get a better understanding of what is going to happen, um, and hopefully we can get you involved and you can be a part of it. But we have a lot taking place. Um, every year we try and do a little bit more, we step it up, we change things up. But our core, our core function in this place comes from one passage of Scripture. I'm going to read it for you. So if you have your Bibles, you can open up to Matthew 25. If you don't, you can just listen to me and the sound of my angelic voice. Matthew 25, and we're going to read from 31. I took this, this passage of Scripture personal. Um, it has a little bit beforehand that gives it a bit more understanding. And it says, When the Son of Man comes in His glory... And all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. And before him will be gathered all the nations. And he will separate people one from another as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on his left. And then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by the Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you came to me, and the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you a drink? And when did we see you stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. It's that last passage, that last bit, that I take to heart. Truly I say to you, as you have done it to the least of these, you have done it to me. I believe we have a mandate in this community to be a community for the community. My heart is to reach out into this area in different means and find different things that work and reach out and help people. Get them to schools and learn. Build up credibility, which is a funny thing these days when you talk about church and the community. Build up credibility express God's love, not Bible bash people, not shove it in their throat, but just express the pure love of Jesus. What he did for us, we then extend. So I believe in being a generous church. A lot of that takes in the place that I can't hold back on certain things and I have to pursue things and I have to be um, someone who has enough faith that I can get things done even if they're bigger than what I think they are. But this year I've got a larger vision. Mel and I have been planning certain things and talking about certain things. And uh, we want to connect to the community in different ways. Not in so much the same old ways, but in different ways. We meet here on church every Sunday, and that won't change. But we want a bigger impact in our community. So I have three fields in our vision. Our first one is outreach. We're planning two major events and four minors. Our two major will be Easter and Christmas. Last year we started our Christmas event, which went it was a huge success. The ability to give 100 children Christmas presents to the value of $200 and to blow their parents away by giving them all a hamper each and just by loving on them with no strings attached. We continually get messages back through different means, just being very blessed and being very thankful for the opportunity. Part of that was just simply just to love people. And that came not because I had the money, because we found different ways of getting different connections. 
Next year, or this year, I should say, next year. See, I'm still in the halfway between 2020 and 2019, right? This year, we're hoping to extend that and get that bigger, maybe do 150. Now, you might think, well, I can tell you straight up, with all the groups that were involved in that same project, $315,000 worth of gifts were given out at Christmas time. Yeah. That's a, that's a lot. No, so not 315, it was 130. Slight exaggeration. $130,000, yeah. What we gave away was about $20,000 worth of gifts, just ourselves. And then we connected with different groups. We connected with LJ Hooker, um, who's, who's big on the community. We, we connected with Coles, who's also big on the community. And we just connected with them and got different means. We also connected with McDonald's. And we got different things that we could bring back into our community. There are a whole bunch of different areas within our area surroundings, not just Yarrabilba, um, that people want to be involved in the community. They want to help the community. I believe we have a very unique opportunity. Yarrabilba is nothing like I have ever seen before. Okay? And I believe it's actually God-inspired. I believe that God gave this, this crazy person this a dream, this idea, to come in here and start a church. And then he put this crazy idea in each one of you to be part of it. We have a very unique opportunity at the very start, to the ground roots process, to build up influence and, and credibility within an evolving community that has a lot of growth potential. If you didn't know too much about this, Yarra Bilba is earmarked to be 17,000 homes, anywhere between 40 to 60,000 people, and crazy enough, 11 schools. It is a big area. So actually, um, even North Lakes isn't as big. I think North Lakes is uh, 13 to 14,000 homes. So it's even bigger than that. It's a massive potential. At the moment, from my understanding, there's about two to 3,000 homes. There's about 8,000 people, and they've just opened up this year. Hang on, I've got to count now before I say the wrong thing. The third school. The... Catholic High School comes on board next year. That'll be the fourth school. And then after that, there's a big gap between when the next school comes in. And in, in taking all that of what's taking place and talking to Lemleys and seeing the potential, we want to be ground roots. We want to be connected to that. So the other thing that we are doing is part of our outreach. Right? So we have the two major events, Easter and Christmas time. We're in the process of planning our Easter event. So to have four minor events. Our first one, we are planning to do a car wash a free car wash for the community. You might say, why do a free car wash? Because there's a lot of people in the community that have this understanding of the church that all they want is your money. And that's not true. And so what I do is I counteract the concept that happens and I say, okay, I'll give you. No strings attached. Now, a car wash is actually very inexpensive. But what you can actually give to someone is actually greater. And we're not after everything from them, we're just after connection, relationship. But the biggest thing we're after is consistency. We're after the fact that we want everyone in this whole community to know that no matter what happens, we will always be here. No matter what you go through, whatever transpires, we will always be here. And if you want us, we are here. You can contact through, uh, through Facebook message, you can contact through the phone, you can even turn up, it doesn't worry me. But that is our concept. I've learnt a lot. I've been connected with different groups. I've been connected with different government groups and different things and learnt a lot from different groups. And I like to take things that they have and use them how God can see them. And one of the things, and some people will automatically know what I'm talking about, 
It's called the circle of security. And they teach this in Queensland education. I've taken that model and I've readjusted it. The circle of security is a process that they educate parents. It's actually a whole course you can do. Where you can where they educate parents and understand that as a as a child grows and develops, they go and explore. And as they explore, it's when they return that your response to what they've done or what they're doing is paramount to how they understand further exploration. Is that, that's pretty close, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, yes, he's right on that, right? This is just a real basic concept. And there's a whole method of doing this and whatever. So my concept is to grab hold of what they do and use it for how I can see it is. It's the same thing with community. Doesn't matter what the community does, doesn't matter what they get involved with, doesn't matter what they've done previously, what they will do, we will always be here. We will constantly always be that place of security if they want us. It's not forced upon them, it's there if they choose to want it. We'll do different outreaches, we'll express different relationships, different connection points, but we will always be here. We are the status quo. And it's important that the community understands that we are the status quo, that we never change, that we're always here because at one point in time, depending on what they go through, they may just need us. We were blessed last year that we gave out a whole bunch of different hampers um, free of charge during the year, not at Christmas time, for people who are difficult. We got connected with different groups um, and we got to see different things that happen in the community, DVOs um, and all the different things that come with, sort of, with that. Um, it's massive things. And so it's my heart and my Linda's heart to continue that and continue growing and continue developing that and continue reaching out into our community for those people who are in need. So we have the four minor events and we have the two major events. The next thing that we are doing and is our dream is to be, uh, we, we do something, if you've never been involved, we do breakfast clubs. If you don't know what a breakfast club is, is we provide uh, breakfast, free breakfast for, for the children in the school. Um, they can come and grab toast and cereal. Um, it's only healthy stuff, so we're looking for um, things that will give them enough energy to continue out through the day. One of the things that we found is we got connected with a group through just, just randomly, but um, you know, God orchestrates these things. Is one in five children go to school without breakfast. Now, we have a few teachers in this, in this, in this church, and I, if, you, if you don't know the repercussions of not having breakfast and going to school is um, ask them about, what is it, about 11 o'clock? Oh, before that. No. They got no energy, which means they're not functioning and they become a distraction. If you have children, make sure you feed your children breakfast before you get them sent to school. They will have a much better learning day. Be able to receive more, be able to listen, and be able to actually comprehend more. And so within Australia, one in five children do not go to school without a healthy breakfast or a decent breakfast. I remember we started at Yarrow State School and we did that for, I think it was two years. And we would see kids, they would, be, uh, they would come in and they hadn't had breakfast and they enjoyed it. It was this big thing, they would run down here and spend all this time until, uh, eating toast with their friends and they come back and have multi-toast. Some of them would eat so much, it's not funny. But it was there that we fully understand the grasp of what it was important. We now do four breakfast clubs. We have one at Yarrabulla State School, one at St. Clair's, now one at Yarrabulla State uh, Secondary College, and we do one at what's called the FCP, or the Family Community Place. 
We've changed the way we've done things. Well, Linda and I originally were involved, directly involved in actually serving breakfast. This year, or actually end of last year, we decided to take a step back. Because it's our plan to actually do breakfast club in every single school in Yarrabubble. Or every other place that will let us as well. Any community place. But in order to do that, um, we need clones of ourselves. So we decided to do this a little bit differently. We provide breakfast for the schools. We supply everything they could possibly need, from toasters to cutting boards to different knives to all the spreads to all the toast. Oh, not toast, it'd be the bread, wouldn't it? Um, bread to cereal, the bowls, the spoons, the cups, the napkins. And we work with the schools directly and we develop a team within the school to be able to cope with the school's needs. It's exciting that this year with Yarrabubba State Secondary College, it's a little bit different, but anyway. Um, the principal, Belinda, if you've never met her, she is a lovely lady. Um, I had the privilege of actually being on the panel um, with, state, um, with Queensland Education, and we actually appointed her. She is a phenomenal principal, and she will do great things with that school. But we are excited because of the way she is enthusiastically inviting us into the school. Breakfast Club starts next Thursday at the State, state Secondary College. We've already provided everything. And all of that takes, obviously, funding, but that's why you get creative and you get connected with different groups. We get our sponsorship through Coles, and they provide and they supply pretty much everything we've actually needed. And then we obviously do our event, which is called Cereal for Coffee. You've never done heard that. That's where you trade in a box of cereal for coffee on a certain day. And all those boxes of cereals go into supplying the schools for their breakfast club. So I encourage you, when that event comes, get involved. Grab some boxes of cereal and make sure you put a simple little thing. The cafes actually don't benefit too much from the coffee, except uh, most people go in and buy a meal. So don't just go to coffee. Help support the cafes and buy a meal, buy something, buy a piece of cake. If you were like my wife, we go there and she buys cake. Um, <laughs> We do a bit of a coffee, coffee crawl on that day and we go around to, uh, that last year we actually had four cafes in support of us and we go and do a bit of a cafe crawl. By the end of it you're like, I hate coffee. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> if you do want to join us, even just one coffee place, you're more than welcome, we'll post that up. But please support it because all of it's doing is it's getting cereal for the school programs and it's imperative. You may say, well, why is it imperative? Well, not only are we giving breakfast to the children, you may say, well, it's only one day. Yes, I know, but it starts with one day. Blinda's already asked us, can we, um, can we do it every day? And we're like, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to limit anything. Well, we'll start with one day. Get that system involved, because it all comes down to your volunteers. And once you get enough volunteers, we can supply more. St. Clair's actually does it on two days. And they are... They fully look after themselves, we just supply them. And it is a great relationship, a great way of actually doing it. They were our first dummy program. We ran it through them where we just supervised, and it works really, really well. Now, that's all our outreach. And that keeps us pretty busy at the moment. But we have plans for in-reach. So if you go out, you always have to go in as well. We're developing our Sundays. Uh, I'm working with David. We meet on a regular basis. Um, last year we started the process. This year we're going to continue on. We're working with our music team. 
We're developing our music team, developing our sound, developing all the bits and pieces that are happening. Because we want to develop what actually happens on Sunday. We don't want it to be a run-of-the-mill normal church where you can go to this church and you go down to church next week on the next Sunday and it's exactly the same. We want a different feel. We need a different community concept. We want different relationships. We also want you to feel like you belong. We want people to feel like they're connected. As soon as they walk in, not only does it have that similarity what they're looking for, but they have something different. So we're developing the concerns of what we have. We're developing different ideas, working with the music team. We had a couple of meetings earlier this year where we started talking about different things. I've got a few things in the pipeline which I will start to undo or unwrap over the next few weeks, the things that I want to bring in. You would have noticed last week, we moved our communion to the after the first song. I've then opened it up to uh, allow other people to share their understanding of communion, share different uh, testimonies of communion. And uh, last week, Brad was on, but um, there was an issue... And, and Brad made it in three minutes after I'd started, um, <laughs> which is fine, because he's on next week. So I'm going to say that right up so you can't get out of it, right? <laughs> no, Brad put up his hand and says, I'll have a crack. So I said, fine, which is good, because it means that he is then not only just playing congos, but he is getting involved. He gets to share, and you get to understand who Brad is a little bit more. You get to hear his heart. And I have no idea what he's saying, but I hope he's saying something good. Right? So we're going to develop our Sundays. We're also looking at developing our leadership in the church, which is imperative. If we're going to take on what we're going to do this year, if we're going to expand and hopefully even go bigger next year, we need to work on our leadership. So in the next few weeks, I'm going to be opening up leadership. See, I believe everyone is a leader. And everyone has leadership potential. It's not that actually you have all the the giftings and talents, because there are no such thing as born leaders. I'll just tell you straight up, there's no such thing. Right? Someone doesn't come out of the womb as a leader. That has to be taught. There's certain attributes that sometimes people look to as leaders, but it needs to be taught. So I'm going to open up a whole different concept of leadership. What is leadership? Well, leadership is embarking orders. If that's your term of leadership, you've, you've got it wrong. I never ask anyone to do something that I'm not willing to do myself first. And so I try and lead excuse me, by example. That's my method of leadership. It always has been, always will be. So if you're looking involved or looking maybe getting involved, there are going to be some different things going to be happening over the next few weeks that we'll be able to share and connect with. One of the biggest things that I find that is imperative within today is to develop fatherhood. Mothers, I'm sorry, I'm not, not dis- discarding you, but I believe fatherhood is imperative. Even in the little fellas. My son is, well, he's in the room, right? he's seven. But it is my job as a father to teach him to be a father. Now, I grew up from a broken home. Okay? My father technically checked out when I was nine. Okay? He was there for a while, and at 17 he actually officially left. So even if a, if a young child doesn't have a father, we can teach them fatherhood. And what it actually takes is it takes a tribe. See, it takes a tribe to raise a child, not just one person, not two people. It takes a tribe. And that's why God created this concept of church and community. Okay? I'm looking at different things, and, and we'll do different things with kids, like I'm um, talking to someone else about it, you know? Teaching children how to do an oil change. 
you know, teach them to do spark plugs, teach them how to change a tyre. One of the things that I did with it when I uh, met Mel is very, uh, this was not one of our dates, but it was sort of like this. I taught her how to make, I made sure she could change a tyre, right? And, and she could because her dad taught her and it was all good. Why? Because at whatever night time hour we finished uh, with our date and she would drive off home, I didn't want to get a phone call an hour later saying, uh, got a flat tire on the side of the road. When you have to drive all the way out knowing that she's out there. So it, was, it made sense to me to be out, that she could change her own tire and gird on the way. Now, if you see someone who needs their change tire, I'd hope that all the men would stop with a bit of chivalry and be able to block everything that might be thrown at you these days, but be able to change the tire for someone else. So I believe fatherhood is imperative. Now I know the women have a great women's ministry in this church and they, do, they have their own Facebook pages. And if you're not on that Facebook page, go and talk to Esty or Melinda. They'll get you connected and there'll be a lot of jibber-jabber. Um, there is, there's lots of talk. I don't know about too much stuff, but there's lots of talk apparently. That's <laughs> and I know our women do lots of things and they go and connect with different groups and they do different Women's Day and I know there's one coming up soon, isn't it? Um, so if you've never been, it, it's a lot of fun. I think last time they went out to Redcliffe and they did a whole bunch of shopping and coffee and fish and chips up at Redcliffe and, and they do all these things. Uh, men, we do some different stuff. Last time we went out um, play pigeon shooting. Um, and we'll do a few things else. But one of the other things is I want to ser seriously start developing fatherhood. The other thing is I want to develop a hunger in this church. A hunger for the things of God. I believe that uh, not only can we reach out into our community with giving things and helping things and, and simple things of even washing cars, but I believe inside of each one of us needs to be a hunger for the things of God. And as we hunger for the things of God, just like you get hungry and you go to the fridge and get whatever's going to satisfy you or that you can find that might satisfy you, it's the same concept, that we need a hunger for God and the things of God that we would then go to God for those direct things that we need. We also need to develop our gifts and our talents that God has given us in different rooms. And this is the other reason why we want people to be involved, not just in the outreaches, but also in the inreaches. Because inside of each and every one of you, God placed gifts and talents. And some of them you haven't even discovered or developed. Some of them you might have suppressed, something you may not believe you have. But I believe inside of each and every one of you is gifts, talents and abilities. And none of you are exactly the same as the next person next to you. Which is a good thing. Because you only want one of me and there's only one of you and we only want one of you. But we do want to develop what's inside of you. We do want to develop what God's put inside of you. And it's not that it's too small. It's just sometimes we're a bit afraid, we're a bit timid in order sharing it. That's why we're allowing people to start sharing in communion. And I have a couple of other things that I want to get people starting to, to do if they so wish. It's giving people, not just platform, but avenues in order to develop what is inside of them and get them to explore without any strings attached, without any condemnation, with just the idea of saying, okay, you're on your own journey. But we want to share that with you. That's why we do certain things. That's why we have certain arrangements. That's why if you're a great organiser, go talk to Mel and we can get you involved in organising Easter and then Christmas and even our small events. Right? If you're a great car washer, we want you. Right? 
Or maybe you're not a car wash and you don't know your gifts and your talents. Well, that's why you take the first step and then you start learning. When I first started, when I first started in full-time ministry, it was in an area that I did not expect myself to be in. Actually, I, I argued with the whole process of it. And sooner or later, I, I submitted to the process and said, you know what, this is the door that's open. This is the door I'm going to walk through. And years later, I've now gone out to different things and different things, but it all comes down to the first step. If the door is ajar, it's open. If it's closed, it's open. If it's locked, you can still get through it. It's not until it's walled up with concrete and bricks and mortar that it might be a little bit closed. But having the courage and the ability to actually step into something is often what is the first step of faith. So we want to develop our Sundays. We want to develop more of our leadership team. We want to develop more of our fathers. We want to develop a hunger inside each of us and we want to develop the gifts. Now, we have an exciting thing because we are, um, if you didn't know, Michael is our board member. Uh, he's been a faithful board member for four years. Almost four years, isn't it? Yeah. And it's exciting because I've asked Chris to come on as our board member as well. So Chris is joining us as another board member and we are developing our board member. Yes, yeah, come on. Uh, and if you want to know an understanding, so we're an organisation, okay? And there is a legal structure that has to take place. Uh, if, my, if I had my way, I not necessarily would do it, but there are legal consequences and legal things that have to pay. And so we have a board in place. And the board looks after the business side of church, which may not sound funny, but there is a business side of all the church. Um, you know, buildings, unfortunately, need money. And uh, buildings have bills to be paid, and there are different bills, there are different con uh, a whole bunch of different things to actually have words up on the screen so you can read them. I have to have certain... Um, what's the word I'm looking for now? Copyrights. I have to pay certain fees for every year to be able to put words up on the screen. And for our music team to actually print the things so they know what to sing. That's just the way the world is, and that's what we run with. I have to have insurance. Um, I have a certain amount of liability insurance. Um, and if you're thinking about tripping over, um, don't. Okay? Because my costs will go up. But I have to have insurance. That costs me a ton of money every single year. Okay? Uh, we, get a, we get a good deal because we connect with our main campus um, and we do it through them. Um, but we actually have our own insurance that costs me money. You know? Um, and so there's a whole di bunch of different avenues that people don't even think about that need to be looked after. And that's why we have a board. Um, they look at those sort of things. Even when we look at moving buildings and going down to different buildings, there's discussions. Um, there are safety precautions in. I have a limit of how much funds I can spend at one time. This is a safety net, okay? I can spend over that, but I need to get board approval, okay? This is, uh, that means I can't empty out the church, okay? Um, there are certain safety precautions we put in place that so things can't come back on that. But I do have a percent, uh, certain amount that I can spend without authority, um, and if I want to go over that, then I have to get other authority. So these are certain things that we put in place to protect me. Okay? And protect the rest of the people in the church. We need insurance, we need to make sure that everyone's okay, that if an accident was to take place, 
like someone coming from the music team tripped over the cables and hurt themselves, then we could cover them and help them and cover all their medical bills and all whatever. It doesn't mean you find something to trip on. One of the most exciting things that I have actually been looking forward to sharing this year is something that I have been working on since last year. I have an old friend of mine, and some people actually already know this, um, who I went to school with that I haven't actually seen for 20 years. Yeah, it's been that long since I went to school. <laughs> for some people it's a bit longer, but I actually got a bit shocked the other year. He is now a missionary. He, um, him and his family, they sold up everything, and they've gone to Vanuatu, and they've started being a missionary in Vanuatu. And as he told me, and as I heard about this, and he did this in July, um, something spurred in my spirit. A desire to be still connected with him and still... So it is, as a church, we will be supporting... Um, they are called um, For God, or For One, um, missionaries in Vanuatu this year, and for as many years as we possibly can. And what I'll be looking for to do is, I'm, over the next couple of weeks is I am looking for a monthly support. They don't make any money, okay? They don't have jobs. They're not allowed to have jobs. Um, when you're a missionary in another country, especially Vanuatu, you're not allowed to actually have a job. They don't have visas to actually work. Um, they have visas, missionary visas. Um, and it's actually, if you want to know, it's on the same, everything's the same amount of money here as Australia. Okay, everything costs the same amount of money. A car costs the same amount of money in Vanuatu, as it does in Australia. The only other problem is they don't have the population as well. Okay, so things cost more and they're harder to get. Um, he has to have a special insurance. It's called uh, emergency evacuation insurance, meaning that if something was major to happen with his family, he needs to be evacuated. And you do not want to pay the fees to get on a private plane and fly back to Australia for a medical emergency. Okay, he has huge costs. But the awesome thing that happened only the other week, I remember he sent me an email, he said, I've got to share with you, with you because we've been connecting really well. Um, someone came up to him and basically sold him uh, five acres of land in Vanuatu for next to nothing. and has its own beach, has a house on there. Um, and their plan is to obviously put buildings and put uh, a church on there, and to uh, develop the area and to teach in the area. They're already connected with the local hospital where they go in and pray with the kids and go connect with it. And they've been travelling around, um, connecting with other different missionaries and different groups have been taken on. So it is my heart's desire that this year that we would... Um, I'd love to support them completely, okay? Um, but that's going to be about... I think it's about $5,000 a month. Uh, unless you've got a real heart for it, um, that's going to be challenge but my my starting point is whatever we can raise so i'm looking for people who can put a monthly contribution together and uh, we will collect it you can take it straight through the offering you can grab an envelope and write down vanuatu um, or missions or whatever makes it easier but a monthly support where we can connect them and i can get the money to them that's all easy these days with electronic means but um, i want you to pray about it it doesn't have to be a huge amount of money you can do, if you did $5 a week, that's $20 a month, right? I get 10 people, that's $200 a month, right? You could do $20 a week, it's 10 people, $20 a week, it's $200 a week, that's $800 a month. That's, it's really easy to do. He doesn't, I just want to know, he doesn't know about this, nor does he expect this. I'm looking forward to, you send him an email and saying, hey, we're going to give you support. 
for as long as we can. Now, it takes two things, right? One, it takes your commitment. Because I'm not going to chase you down. And I'm not going to say, hey, you didn't give this month. Okay, this is completely up to you. But I, I, I am going to make a commitment. We're going to make a, a commitment. I got finalise things with Melinda, different prices and stuff. But we're going to make a monthly commitment to him. Right? And I'm asking you to join with me because it is important to not only sow seed in where you're at and be involved in directly where you're at, but also sow seed in different areas. If you're a farmer, you grow things in different seasons. If you only grow one thing, then you only get a harvest in one season. If you learn to grow things and use the ground properly, you grow different things in different seasons, and different seasons actually bring back nutrients back in the soil for what your main thing is to grow. So it's imperative or it's important because the, the Spirit of God is actually a spirit of generosity. God doesn't hold back from you. Most of the time it's we're not ready for it. So it's not that God holds back, it's what we're actually not ready to hold it. But if you would like to make a monthly commitment over the next few weeks, you can grab an envelope, you can come and talk to me directly or Melinda or Texas or whatever means through Facebook or all those different means and let us know for accountability measures. Or you can just put it straight in the envelope every month or every week, whatever it is. And you, we will actually make sure that money gets to him directly and they can use it to do whatever. Now this is what the exciting bit is. Uh, this year it is my plan to go to Vanuatu, not for a holiday, but to go visit him. Um, I may take one other person with me. I don't want to overburden him too much on the first time. And my plan is actually communicate with him and connect with him, and then next year we're going to do a trip. We're going to do a mission trip to Vanuatu. For anyone who wants to go, whoever wants to get connected, um, I know there's some people have already shown an interest. Uh, the good thing is, Flights aren't drastically expensive. I can guarantee you, uh, we, unless you need to, we probably won't st spend time in a, in a hotel, so the cost shouldn't be drastically high. Um, but we will be on the ground, uh, working with whatever he's doing and what they're doing, connecting with different people in the area. Um, if you want, I can actually send you a link to their Facebook page that they share to any person that's connected with them of what they're doing and quite constantly um, his wife is always in the hospital praying for kids or spending time with the kids so it will be a, a little bit different journey um, maybe you've never been on a mission trip mission trip is a great eye-opener to see how good we have it in this country and see how blessed we truly are you know we have you turn on the light switch and the light comes on you go to Vanuatu you turn on the light switch it may come on, um, but it is, it is going to be, it's different, it's, and it's hot. Um, but like I said, they have five acres of land with their own beach, so you can go for a swim in crystal clear blue waters on site. Um, but we'll organise all that next, sort of next year, but this year is mainly to try and build up a desire and build up a um, heartfelt for an area that is not directly connected with us, but that we want to be connected. We want to reach out into different areas. Um, obviously, in the next, in the few years to come, we hope to expand that, not only in, to Vanuatu, but in different areas around the world. Um, I've always believed that you've got to first have a heart for an area. And I remember first connecting with him, and my heart sort of leaped out of my chest, and, and I knew that I had a commitment to make this guy. 
Um, he is not directly supported by a lot of people um, for different reasons and whatnot. We won't go into the politics of all different things. Um, but he is stepping out of faith. Like they sold everything. Sold their own businesses, sold their own houses, sold their own cars. We have their three children out there um, and they're doing homeschooling now in Vanuatu and everything like that. So it's exciting for them. And a bit nerve-wracking, but they've already seen God move powerfully. This block of land is just insane. It's, um, yeah. Um, so that's, that's what we're sort of planning on this year. There's a lot. The four minor events, minor events, the two larger events, missionaries, and then we're talking about the internal. Working with you, developing you, developing what we see, what we do. Everything in here. We've slightly changed like you would have seen the banners and the flags. We're slowly moving changes and we're progressing forward and forward in the things that we have got. See, I know that I'm not moving and I'm not going anywhere. I guarantee if you, if you leave and come back in 10 years' time, I'll still be here. I am not a hired gun. It means I don't get hired by the board. I appoint the board. I am the founding pastor. Um... And I don't plan to, to leave anytime soon. Um, it is my desire that I will hand the church off to someone, um, which would be nameless at this stage, um, when I'm older to do something else or to do uh, stretch a little bit further. But my plan is always to be here. Uh, you can catch me most Sundays here unless I'm uh, giving someone else a crack or having a go at preaching or whatever else, which I like to do every so often to give someone else a chance to rise up. But you can guarantee that I will always be here. I live here. We sold up everything to be here. Our kids go to school in the area. Um, so we have no plans to move on directly. Unless God tells me something else. But anyway. So that's what we're planning on this year. And the biggest thing about it is we need you. I can't do everything by myself. Um, I'm still trying to learn how to play guitar and play keyboard, just in case. Um, yeah, at the same time, yeah. But I need you. Many hands make light work. You may not know what you can do. Well, I can tell you. We need help in our kids' church. We've already got a couple of people that are volunteer, which is exciting. We need help with, uh, even just welcoming. Do you know what you need to qualify for a welcome? A smile. That's it. You don't need to know anything else. We can teach you and train you and everything else. And as the music team gets up, they're going to play a bit more of the music. Oh, we got a little runaway. Bless their hearts. We are looking for people to help set up our music equipment. Uh, if you want to join the band, maybe you can sing, or you can play an instrument. Um, what was that? I've heard some beautiful voices. Play guitar. I don't know who that was, but if you have a beautiful voice and you really want to praise the Lord, there come and go. join us. <laughs> you join, you I've can heard see some David amazing Victoria. voices today from here. But, um, or if you just want to be involved in the outreaches, we reach out. Um, as the time comes, we'll, we'll look for volunteers. But if you do want to be involved, come and let us know. And we'll find somewhere. And we also, like, I love it how the kids are taking up the offering. Philip came up to me this morning and he said, uh, can I take up the offering? Um, when are you doing it? Um, I don't want to miss out. And um, Are you doing it after the kids go or before the kids go? And I said, for you, I'm going to do it before the kids go. Why? Because he wants to be involved. So if you do want to get involved, we're looking for more help. 
Well, obviously, the music team's going to play a little bit, but uh, we've got tea and coffee, and there's a big cake. Today's our fourth birthday. We've been here four years. I, yeah, it's kind of crazy to me. Um, especially when you talk about the journey that we've been on and how much opposition has been against us. But you know what? Uh, God called me here. This is where I'm supposed to be, and I'm not moving. Um, I've already, no, I won't say that. You'll probably have to bury me out here. Um, but this is, this is my region. Um, what are you guys up to? Nothing? All right. But like I said, there's tea and coffee, there's morning tea, um, there's a big piece of cake. We will need someone to cut it, so if anyone wants to volunteer, uh, you're more than welcome to have a crack at it. I remember I did this function one time, and we decorated all these cakes, and they were beautiful. But we didn't cut them. And then someone came along and, and couldn't find a knife, so they found a spoon. And just started skipping these cakes like that. Just ruined the cake. Uh, Mel, Mel made the cake, I think. So. But say, say hello to someone, get connected with someone. Um, the kids will be out soon later. Michael let you go and have cake first. That way you get some before the kids come. But uh, be blessed. We're going to pray. And the music team will play a little bit. And you can go. Father, we thank you for today. Father, we thank you for the seeds that were planted. That, Father, as we water them, they grow. But, Father, I thank you that you will use whoever, not just on talent, but who is willing. So, Father, I ask and speak life upon each one of us. Your favour and your protection as we go. Let us have great weeks. We speak health upon the church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.